Hi, I'm Rob Jepson, and my mission is to help sales leaders everywhere create record-setting growth in the companies they lead. I'm here to share the secrets of the world's most successful sales leaders. I don't care how big the company or how big the team, we showcase sales leaders who are taking what the market gives and then some. We feature leaders of teams who are beating their markets, winning at crazy rates, and creating life-changing years for the people they lead. The Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by Sales Leadership United, part of the Jepson Performance Group. Video segments of this and other episodes of the podcast can be found at Sales Leadership United, hosted on Patreon. Think of Sales Leadership United like a Home Depot for sales leaders. It's a comprehensive resource for sales leaders with over 100 hours of tools, training, and insights sorted and tagged into every category you might need to help you become an elite sales leader. A private podcast, sales leadership training, sales meeting insights, video insights, and much more are waiting for you to check out at Sales Leadership United. Don't reinvent sales leadership. Tap into proven tools and techniques used by many of today's most successful sales leaders and check out Sales Leadership United today. Now, get ready for some serious insights from this week's sales leader who's making it happen. And remember, don't worry, we got you. Hello, and welcome to the Sales Leadership Podcast, where high-growth sales leaders share high-growth practices and tactics. Our show continues to grow ridiculously fast. We've now cracked the 40,000 subscriber mark, and we are growing faster today than we ever have. And I'm so grateful to each one of you for your ongoing support of the show. And because of this growth, I'm able to continue to get some of the greatest leaders in the world to join me. And today's guest is no different. Today's guest is one I've been looking forward to for a long time. I am excited to have him join me. I want to welcome Yoav Vilner, the co-founder and CEO of Walnut, to our show today. Walnut is a no-code platform that helps sales teams create highly personalized, highly interactive demos that improves the sales experience and changes the conversation immediately. The company's growing ridiculously fast, and they're working with some of the world's most iconic companies. Companies like Adobe and Dell are now depending on working with Walnut to help provide those kinds of conversations. Now, I also want to uh, introduce you right now at the beginning that Yoav's not our normal guest. I don't have another sales leader here today. What we've got is one of the rare times that we welcome in an award-winning marketer, okay? Yoav has pulled down some pretty interesting accolades as a marketer, and I'm excited to have him join this amazing community of sales leaders today because Yoav works with sales leaders and sales teams every day all around the world to create experiences that help them become elite storytellers and create meetings prospects look forward to. Now, this storytelling concept, this is one we've dabbled with a little bit, but never this way. I'm excited to dig into this. This is one that every one of you are going to get some things from that you're going to be used right away. Yoav, I'm so excited to have you join us on the show. Thank you, and welcome to the Sales Leadership Podcast. Thanks for having me, Rob. It's a great show. Thank you. We're excited to have you. This, Like I said, this topic is one that is top of mind for a lot of people. And I can see why your company is growing so fast as you help people solve this problem. Could you just introduce yourself and Walnut uh, to, to the listeners that are all around the world? Some are going to be in your backyard and others all over the place. Can you tell us about you and Walnut and what you do for your clients? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I would say we're still a rather an early stage company. Is, you know, so much, so much has happened in the past two years, but uh, that's what we are. Um, we're a platform that lets sales teams create this new animal, this interactive and customized demos, uh, working with marketing teams as well. Hundreds of companies worldwide, uh, almost a hundred employees. Uh, we raised $56 million from top investors during congratulations. That's awesome. Thanks. Uh, right before a recession, right? So that was a, that was a smart move. Um, and yeah, you know, we're doing what we love. We started with a wait list of 700 companies. VP of sales and marketing from different companies, including fortune companies um, that have just seen a tiny bit of what, you know, what we're trying to do and signed up. Uh, and it's been real fun. Well, congratulations. I, I'm, I'm excited for your success and, and uh, doing it in the time that we're doing it in makes it even a, a more, I think, amazing accomplishment. So, so that's really a good introduction to who you are and why you're here. Let's just dive right in, man. Let's let's get into this storytelling. 
why is that so important right now? I'm, I'm really interested, especially through your lens as a marketer, because, you know, there's a lot of noise in the world right now. Cutting through the clutter and getting people's attention has never been harder, I don't think. I think it's maybe harder to do right now than it's ever been. Why is storytelling something that people should be thinking about and, and spending energy around? Right. That's a great question. Um, you know, in my career, like let's say the past uh, 13, 14 years, I've done things considered to be storytelling, just it didn't have that name uh, a decade ago. Um, and like you said, it's kind of making people realize the value of what you're doing, what you're showing them super fast, um, not giving them time to think, to get bored or switch to a competitor, you know, just kind of going all in with a clear message, super interesting content, whatever that may be. When I had a column on, a, you know, on magazines like uh, Forbes or CNBC uh, that had millions of readers, um, I tried to do that also. I learned what people are finding more engaged. And when I had an agency helping 600 startups with marketing, um, I learned about all kinds of different activities that you can do for, you know, uh, for your prospects. Um, all in all, just grabbing their attention super fast with an interesting content. Okay. So, so I like it. So there's, there's a, it, storytelling has become so important. You're right. It's what great people, salespeople, great marketers have done. But I like how you said that we've now put a, a, a label on it. Is that a fair way of saying we've now labeled it? So as a result, I think we can actually call it a skill now. We can say this is a skill that you need to develop. Is, is that a fair way to play that, to, to say that, that storytelling, uh, personalization, maybe, I, I don't even think storytelling, those are probably related but different. Um, is that a skill that needs to be developed rather than just something that we use as a buzzword? Yeah, it's it's a it's a specific thing. I would I would kind of you know cool. try to stay away of. I, I don't know what the what the title means in companies. Like if there's a head of storytelling, I have no idea what it means and how do you measure that guy. Um, but besides I've actually that, seen people called chief storyteller. I've seen that. Now that you say that, you must have seen it too. Yeah, but yeah. you're right. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but when you said that, I'm like, oh yeah, I can think of two of those people. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, you know, what's their KPIs, right? But but I think as a whole, as a concept, it's something that you must adopt. Otherwise, your competitors will just beat you to it. So how do you adopt that? So let's talk about that. So I like that. You must adopt it or else your people are going to beat you to it. Okay. So I got 40,000 sales leaders that are listening to you and me talk right now. And they're like, okay, Yoav, I get you. I understand that we've been talking about this for a long time. How do you, like you say, how do you get that? How do you start building storytelling into your way of doing things? I don't know if you want to say into your sales process or into your prospecting process. I mean, there's a lot of things. It's how we find, it's how we engage, it's how we, you know, move things through. I mean, how do you do that? Like, is there anything that you've said, these are things that, that lead to, to sales teams having this work for them rather than for the competitors? Yeah. So, you know, let's connect a couple of dots, right? There's product-led growth where your product actually gets exposed to the prospect even before an, any SDL call. Um, let's talk about uh, SaaS companies, B2B companies investing in their brand and, you know, looks and sounds and positioning and everything, which is kind of new, right? You, you would usually have to convince a B2B company to actually invest in their brand. Yep. Um, and, and you have to create really, really good content. If, if you connect all that, then you're ahead of the curve. If you have to, if your prospects are going through some sort of a boring process every time, a generic process, and they lack the content, then that's kind of a no-go. So are you suggesting, I like, I wrote down the word generic content. Opposite of generic content would mean personalized or tailored right. content. Are you suggesting that the salespeople build this or how, how do you get away from generic content and have what you said as the no-go? How, how do you do that? So if you're building a brand for your company, you just have to stand out in all kinds of ways. If you're talking about the sales process, that's kind of how this whole landscape that we're leading started where, you know, prospect said, I don't want to get bored by another SDR ever again. I want hmm. to see what the product is doing firsthand. I want to see a use case of the product that fits my own story um, you know, and that's kind of how this whole thing of interactive demo started. I'm writing this down. That's a great statement. I want to sit on that statement for a minute. 
<clears throat> excuse me, I'm losing my voice. You said, I don't want to get bored by an SDR ever. I'm writing it down ever again. Exactly. I, I think that's powerful. Uh, I think that in the past we had a lot of emphasis on the discovery. And if you have a good discovery, then we'll give you a demo. Right. Uh, and, and like, it was almost like they had to earn the demo. And I'm seeing a lot now of people saying that's a mistake and that that shifted that customers are like, I don't want to be bored. I, I want to see if this works. I want to be able to visualize this working in my environment. And so I don't want to be bored by an SDR ever again. That statement, I think, could be the title of our episode when this goes live. I don't want to be bored by an SDR ever again. I hope that the sales leaders that are listening to this and the enablement professionals that are listening to this, they're like, that gets their attention. Let's walk through how do you make sure you're never bored ever again? Where does it start? Does it start with the initial outreach? Um, if you can show them a glimpse of the product at the initial outreach or um, you know, if it's more of top of funnel type of you know, traffic than on your web page or landing page, whatever, um, then definitely, yeah, they're getting engaged. They're seeing a personalized snippet or a flow of our storyline that you dictate. Um, and they know what it's all about. And if they, if they move on in the funnel from that moment, they're much, much more likely to convert, right? Than someone who's never even seen what, you, what your product even do. And then they go on a call, they hear it for the first time. Maybe it's not a fit for them. Maybe your sales guy just wasted an hour, right? Um, you got to be mindful to that. So personalization <clears throat> has been around for a while and there is personalization done right. And there's personalization done wrong. And I mean, I know we can't ever guarantee outcomes because that's part of sales. Part of sales is, you know, in, in operations, you can have a hundred inputs and get a hundred outputs, but in sales, you can't. Uh, any advice on how do you get personalization right? Um, yeah, you know, if you consider, if you have a couple of different prospects, right? So let's take one is from a gaming company and one is from a cyber company. Okay. One can be from a 20 people company, one can be from 20,000. It it varies, like, you know, their data points are completely different. Their geography is different. What they hope to see from the same dashboard that you operate is different. So why not show them, you know, different flows that kind of relate to what they actually need and who they are, where they come from. And then they will just feel, you know, they will feel home. They will not feel like you're seeing the same experience as everyone else. I like that. So when you personalize, you've got to make some bets. You've got to take some guesses early on. We'll talk about how we use storytelling in the sales process. But at the very beginning, let's pretend that we're doing outbound. Let's take it through the outbound lens, not from inbound. Mm -hmm. if, if you're a marketer and you're working with some of these sales leaders and you're doing outbound, um, any, any advice on, cause I look at storytelling, you know, tell me how you work. Look at it really as a story, like a children's story starts with once upon a time, right. And, and it finishes at the end with there was happily ever, ever after. And so this once upon a time part is how you got to start the journey. Cause one of the things you shared with me is that you, you guys get really excited about helping create appointments that people and prospects are excited to have, right? They're looking forward to that. How do you create an appointment if you're an SDR or you're a full cycle salesperson? How do you engage someone with, a, with an appointment that they're actually really excited about, that they're looking forward to? You know, they, they aren't like looking and say, oh, I think I could cancel that. Like, how are they saying, I really can't wait to hear what Yoav has to say? Any, any tips on that? Yeah, so I have to give a lot of credit for the brand we're building. Like people get excited when they see and when they hear Walnut. There's something about um, the brand that they just feel connected to. They feel like there's a party going on and, you know, they want to be a part of it. But afterwards, if you, if you send them um, an interactive experience that kind of relates to who they are, even if, like you said, it's outbound, right? If it was inbound, it was a bit easier because their intent is already super high, but um, if it's outbound and you kind of send over something and, you know, it's kind of a revolution that let's say, I think Loom started some years ago when people started. Personally, I receive a lot of Loom videos in my LinkedIn inbo inbox from people I don't know. Um, and it's super fascinating. You know, they show you how they walk through your profile or website and, you know, make all kinds of suggestions. If you take that a couple of steps into the future, if you show a snippet of the product and not just of a background story, 
That's even more powerful. Look into the future. I like that. Can you help them look into the future? How, how do you do that in a way that they care about? Um, I have a lot of people that hit me up all the time, man. Probably like you, you mentioned all the things you get from LinkedIn. And I, I don't even know how many I get because it's over the top. And very few of them help me look into the future in a way that I care about. Um, they're making guesses about me. And I, I know you have to do that. Any, any advice on how to guess well or how to like minimize the amount of guesswork that goes into it and like demystify how you look into the future? Yeah, that's a great question because you want to stay close to reality, right? Not just make yeah. ups. Um, usually if you connect a couple of data points, like let's say, you know, Zoom Info and LinkedIn and Crunchbase and others, usually you can get a really clear understanding of the company, you know, where it's coming from, the size, the geography and the products and everything. So if you actually spend time on it, you can actually create a really killer um, presentation for them. Um, mm. And also you can do it auto- automatically, um, you know, with Walnut. So, but this is, you know, of a different topic. Um, but the more personalized it is, the better the story is. All right. So let's say you've, you've created that appointment by personalizing. You've, you've done some things to, to help them be excited about, about the future. So now you have this appointment. How does storytelling play in to, to your appointment? How do, you, how, do you, how do you help sales organizations? If you're talking to all these sales leaders, how can a sales leader do, help the members of their team do a better job of, of leveraging that storytelling to create engagement? Like I think of a movie, Yoav. Like I go to a movie and if they, if they hook me at the beginning of the movie, I, I can't wait to see how it goes. Like we've been to boring movies where maybe it's predictable or we know how it goes. And it's like, like for me, like I, I don't even like going to superhero movies anymore with my kids because I know how they'll end. There's going to be a problem. The world's going to end. It's going to look like the bad guy wins every time. And then at the, at the end, something miraculous happens and they win. But there's other ones that has you on the edge of your seat. Like you're like, what's going to happen here? And how do you do that by using personalization and storytelling? That's something that if you can get better at that as a team, it has to move the needle, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. It's like it gives you a whole reputation as a company and as an organization uh, that people want to be affiliated with. Um, and it's one of the reasons, you know, it's, it's not for us just showing you a snippet of the product. It's also walking you through it. So you kind of create and you can use it with humor and you can be funny and you can be serious and you can add videos and gifts um, because you want to walk the prospect through an experience that tells them the story. Um, you don't want them, by the way, if you just send them access to your actual dashboard, they can just start getting stuck on features and stuff you don't even care about, right? And you don't, you don't want to talk about and they're going to switch the story away from what you wanted to talk about. So if you control all of that in anything that's like a garden, a wall garden, then, you know, you're the storyteller. Um, and this is where I think this whole thing is going. And you, can, you don't even have to take the live call. You can just send it over via email or whatever. It doesn't matter if it's Zoom or Hangouts or email or anything else. That's really good advice. Don't just show the product. You got to walk them through. And as I was right, listening to what you said, I wrote down like a day in the life. Can you take them through a day in the life? Can, can they see like what it looks like with you and experience like what the future looks like, the future state, you know, compare that current state. Is that part of it? Comparing the current state to like what this future one looks like and have them visualize and feel like they're experiencing it. So when it's done, they're like, I don't want to go back to the way it used to be. I just want to go back to where this other thing was. I, in fact, I'm pissed off that I'm getting off this call with you right now and I got to go back to this other way. Is that, is that what you're talking about? Yep, for sure. If you think about it, prospects have been getting the most terrible experiences, right? They would have to take five SDR calls and three whatever demos and things get stuck up until you actually can't get lucky enough to hear what the product is doing and how much it's going to cost. It's, you know, that's not a good experience. If, you know, consumer sales are super easy, right? You type something in Google, it's a lift weight, it's a, you know, it's a weight, it's a pizza. It just, you know, arrives at your home 30 minutes later and you're good. You didn't even have to talk to anyone. And B2B sales kind of got stuck somewhere in time. You just said another thing that I just wrote down. They get lucky enough, right? I got to hang in here until I get lucky enough till I can see what I I really want to see. How do you do that? How do you find out what they really want to see earlier? How do you do that? Um, because I don't think anybody wants to give a bad experience, but I think you're right. I think the experience has been 
not good. I think the experience has been frustrating. I make a relationship with an SDR and then they're going to introduce somebody else to me that I may or may not like. That's the AE or the closer. And then they're going to re-qualify me all over again. And they're going to rediscover with me all over again. All along, I just want to see if this will help me. And what, again, I like about what you're suggesting is let's have them see themselves winning with you or in the future with you immediately. How do you make sure you're not like hoping that they get lucky enough? Is there like any steps that you would suggest that you'd say, do these two or three things to make sure you connect with the client earlier in the experience? Um, so what, what we try to do is kind of, you know, the team works in the collaboration. So there was also a very um, impactful launch that we've done a couple of months ago of Walnut for Teams because we added a couple of, of features where the team can share and collaborate, um, you know, temp- it's kind of templates for the demos, but you, we call it storylines because like you said, it's telling the story. Yeah. And if that, that template worked amazingly for one sales rep, it could work amazingly for a hundred others. And if it worked better for, you know, that cyber prospect and not for the gaming prospect, then you should know about it also. And if you kind of rely on past experience and data, then you can create much better experiences. Um, but when we first started off, yeah, then, yeah, you know, we totally guessed and we hoped that the experience we're showing is good. I like how you said storyline template. So instead of a script of do this, say this, this is like the template of the experiences we want to take you through. That is, is that significantly different than a script? I want to dive into that a little bit. Is that, is that different than scripting or is it similar? Yeah, scripting is kind of, you know, uh, let's call it uh, the text, right? Like what you're going to say, but it doesn't doesn't imply what you're showing and how you're showing it and who you're showing it to. And instead, a template would do what? So a template would be, let's say you take, you know, the visual aspect of your dashboard. You know, let's say you're working at HubSpot or Salesforce, whatever, and you're a sales rep. So imagine like, you know, the first basic flows of, logging in the CRM, you know, generating a report, going through the CRM and everything. And you kind of create that into a template that from there you can go into a million different directions and every sales rep can take it to any specific personalization that they want to achieve. Um, And you can create millions of demos from one flow, from one template of the demo. Should they have a couple of different storylines for different problems that you solve? Is that how that would work for this use case or this um, usage situation or this problem that we're up against, here's like the story, right? Is, is, and we would have a story template for each of those that these are the types of experiences that we want to create inside the story. Exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> because yeah, it's storytelling to me that, that that's, what's interesting is what story do we want to tell? If we start thinking of ourselves as authors, right? You can tell a story that has a shape, like maybe it's, maybe it's like Cinderella that you start in a bad situation and then you have, you get to go to the ball and then it goes away. Then you live happily ever after, but there's all kinds of different shapes to stories that are based on different problems. And am I thinking too much about telling salespeople to think like an author instead of just trying to sell something? No, you know, we, we use that word when we were just building out our MVP. We wanted to, yeah, we wanted to author this whole thing that makes salespeople, the directors, the writers, and the authors of the demos. Can you so talk about that? Can you give a little more color around around what that means to be an author? Yeah, so first of all, you know, if if you don't need anyone from R&D product and design to help you set up that demo, you're already the, you know, let's call it like the boss of this whole thing. And that's one big change because up until now, you know, you had to go. You had to go to someone from R and D and ask for a favor, right? Because you have a super important demo with Microsoft in an hour, and they want to see how this and that would work. And you don't want anyone to touch production, and it's a mess. So, from the moment that it's a no-code platform, you don't need anyone. And then, if you create your own storyline, your own templates, and you share it with your, you know, desired salespeople from from your organization, no one's really limiting what you can do. You can kind of dictate where this whole thing is going. Um, and of course, there's access for team leaders to know what's going on, but there's also insights and analytics so you can improve your own conversations. All right. So <clears throat> this has been like super interesting. And so 
is there any like two or three things that like create aha moments as you're telling a story or as, as you're having this different kind of demo, or this different kind of appointment? Are, you've done this with a lot of people, <clears throat> done with great success. You got lots of organizations starting to look at you, big wait lists, uh, great funding. What are the kind of two or three aha things relative to that experience? Not necessarily like how the tech might work, but like what experience do you create that's so meaningful that people should be like, I want my, I got sales leaders that are listening to you right now. You have saying, okay, I get it. I want to do better storytelling. What are the two or three things that I should be really intentional about inside of storytelling? Yeah. So first of all, I have to say from my experience and not just Walnut, but anything that came before, if you provide real value with your product, people are going to be amazed. So just make sure, you know, I'm not telling anyone to switch jobs, right? But if you're showing a a product that solves a real problem, that's a good head start, not just a nice to have. Um, Besides that, um, the faster you show them the exact use case they can get from the product, that's an aha moment because they will go on the call expecting a boring one hour conversation on backgrounds and small talk and, you know, weather and where you're from and it's COVID and, you know, whatever. But if you cut to the chase, they will super appreciate it. They would get all that hour just to ask you real questions about the value they can get from what they just saw. Um, that creates a real aha moment. If you want to go even better, embed it on your website. You know, take the calls only with people that have already seen what your product can do for them um, and don't waste time. And then each sales rep can take like 100 times more calls. Um, but eventually, I would say just, you know, go all the way to the value points as fast as you can. funny that you say that we talked about aha moments one of the best ways to differentiate is for people to have confidence that you're not wasting time why do you think so many prospects feel like the person who's reaching out to them is just going to waste their time do you have an opinion on that um it has to be something about the volume it the volume makes no sense right like you and i we get i don't know 100 messages a day from phone calls from random numbers worldwide and you can't really differentiate who's who's worth it, and if they cut to the chase, then you know I've I've forwarded the right messages to my colleagues and team members when I when the outreach was, you know, cutting to the chase as fast as possible, and I connected them to the right person in my company. Sometimes it ended up you know you know us paying for something, but it's just too much. It's too much you know spam. Yeah, and and it's not going to get better. Like. I guess that's an interesting thing is we're going to have more and more salespeople, more and more outreach, more and more uh, sales tech that's going to try and, and cut through the noise. But maybe it's just about what you said. Um, can we give them a reason to believe, right? Can we give them a reason to believe that what we're talking about is valuable? And I guess that's what I want to spend some minute, a minute or two on, Yoav. People use that word valuable. You brought it up. I just echoed it. Values in the eye of the beholder. I can't tell you how many times I get messages on with people telling me how they create things that I value. When I laugh, sometimes I'm like, I don't value that. Right. How how do you know how to connect with what someone might value? I think that there's only one way to do it, and which is not guessing, and that's knowing the pain point. If you know the pain point before the call and this is sometimes where you know different you know sign up forms are super uh, helpful right you ask for the pain point or you you offer them like a drop down menu and they can tell you what they need you but um, if you know what they need to solve you can just cut to it um, and offer a solution Um, they will really appreciate it so that means you have a different conversation right from the get-go right exactly and you agree on what, what matters and we're only going to talk about this. And do you, like, uh, I, I, I'm trying to turn this into something that a sales leader that listens to this right now, what do they do different as a result? Like you're talking to a bunch and is there like two or three things you'd say, listen, here's two things, three things you could do with your team right now that will help them not bore a client, not um, waste their time. Those are two things. I don't want to be bored and I don't want to waste my time, but also how do I, 
be intriguing? How, how do I get them to say, hmm, eyebrows up? Uh, I'm interested in that, right? And, and is there two or three things you'd recommend to our sales leaders that they they focus on or try to do more of or do differently or do better? Sure. So first of all, you have to show and not tell. Like the famous phrase, you have to be visual. The talking thing just doesn't work anymore. If you want to be visual offline, send them something not just a presentation, send them a snippet of the product or a video, whatever. So let's sit on that. So video, you're talking about like something visual, something experiential. It's not just here's Rob's voice in my ear. It's I'm seeing something. So take that time to build something that they can experience rather than just hear. Exactly. That's one thing. Um, If it's a video, if it's an interactive demo, they can play with, you know, whatever. Um, Next you want to you want to provide some sort of a social proof so you know you want to focus on the amazing companies that are leveraging your product um, and make the prospect feel they're in a good neighborhood right and you know so for us it's kind of easy because there's a lot there's there's a lot of fortune companies but even if you're a smaller startup company i'm sure that you have at least one brand name you're proud of so make them feel you know good um, again, if you're working on your brand and positioning and people know you even before the call, that's going to be a piece of cake. If not, you have to provide some more data so they can get convinced. Okay. Um, <clears throat> this is good. I appreciate this, man. So as I listen to it, it's not rocket science. It's it's just what you focus on, right? It's It's not that we have to do something that's never been done. We just want to have a conversation that's different than the ones that others are offering. Exactly. And that goes down to like the environment that you build as a sales leader or what are we, what are we pushing and and what are we emphasizing? And, and I know that, um, I know that we often put the product in the center of everything, I guess, as I listen and I'm trying to put all this together, tell me if I'm getting this right, you'll have what you're suggesting is we put the customer in the center of everything, not our product in it. We're, we're, we're surrounding our customer with visual insights, experiences that they can have reason to believe social proof, um, all these things that, that we surround them. So everywhere they turn, you know, they, they can see you in the future that they're excited about. Yes or no. Yeah. Putting the prospect in the center is kind of what we're, it's kind of the heart of our company. Um, nothing matters beyond, right? Your own company needs don't matter. Your sales rep needs don't matter. Everything that matters is what the prospect needs to see, when they need to see it and how they need to see it. Um, and that's kind of, you know, that's kind of the secret sauce. If you focus on your prospect needs, then you're going to be amazed of, you know, how fast these things can, you know, how, how good the conversion rates can become. So let's start to wrap this. I want to look at the other side of the coin. We've talked about two or three things that they should do. <clears throat> what are two or three of the most common mistakes that you see as, as we go along? So what do, what do you want to like? So you've shared with our listeners, try these things right now. Is there anything like stop doing these two or three things immediately? Is there anything you say, listen, these are the reasons why it's broke. Stop doing this right now. Any, any of those? Oh, yeah, a whole bunch. Okay, um... let's hear some. You know, don't use PowerPoint presentation, Google Slides, stuff that are boring and how to digest. Um, don't ever, show the, don't ever use those. Like, if you can show them, a, if you can show them a product, that's good. If you can show them an interactive demo, or even if you have to show them a video, that's fine. But don't bore them with slides. No one's really going through them anymore. Um, if you show them your real life product, don't do it in a way where it can break. Usually, it breaks, right? Murphy laws and everything. Um, and that kind of ruins your own whole conversation. Okay. Um, that's another thing. If you're showing the same generic experience to everyone, something's got to be not working out for you. Um, and, and yes, be as personalized as you can. Even if it's just changing the logos through some manner, you know, just make it personal. I like it. So ways you can personalize is personalize in the logos and the name. So the look, you can personalize in the problem that they solve, right? I mean, because problems experience they express they show themselves differently uh can you personalize in like how that problem creates how it creates impact inside an organization is that another way that you personalize yeah yeah for sure you have to do it based on you know their company size 
if it's a marketing team or a sales team or a product team, there's, there's a million variations. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting thing that we can finish this. We can start to wrap this conversation up because I know we're starting to run out of time. <clears throat> we can't control the outcomes that we face. We can't. But we can control how we start. We can be perfect in how we start every time. We can say, I can, I can pay all this attention to how I set the appointment. I can, I can be you know, highly personalized. I, I, there's things I can do in how I start. And I guess as I'm listening to you, it occurs to me that leaders should be really emphasizing, let's start perfect. Let's start our preparation perfect. Let's start our outreach perfect. Let's start uh, how we kick off our, our meeting perfect. I don't know what will happen, and we're going to have to be able to adapt and pivot and do all those things. But we are in charge of how we start. Is that a, is that a fair way to start to put a bow on what we've talked about today? Couldn't have said it better. Yeah, we, we can do that. And so I think that's one of my takeaways from our conversation. We can't control outcomes, but we can sure be in charge of how we choose to start and engage. And we can be perfect there or, or close to it, at least. We can chase that. Um, I appreciate you, Yoav. This has been, I can't believe we're, we've gone this long, this fast. It, it's, it's gone super fast. So thank you for your participation today. And thanks for joining me. Uh, before I kind of ask a couple questions just to wrap it up, um, there any final thoughts you'd share with, with our listeners as we've talked about this world of storytelling and personalization and cutting through the noise, product-led growth, any of those things, any advice you'd give this really large collection of sales leaders that are listening to us right now? Yeah, you know, I would suggest like don't get left behind. You know, if we're entering a recession, as you know, many people are now thinking, um, companies are going to cut budgets and etc. And like your your competition is going to beat you to it. And you know, other options, other maybe cheaper options they can get are going to beat you to it. And you want to stay focused on providing value as fast as you can, uh, putting the prospect in the center, and just offering a great experience. Um, let's finish with this. What's your definition of an experience? We've used that word a lot. How would you define an experience? That's a great question. Um, I w I would say it's in, in what I was talking about. It's, it's exactly what the prospect is going through. It's like the journey, right? From the moment they first heard about you to the moment they visited your site up until the moment they actually see the product. This whole thing needs a definition and a framework. Okay. I usually finish with um, <clears throat> three questions that I, I, uh, I want to throw them by. I can't wait to see how you, how you respond. Is that okay? Sure. Number one, what do you, you work with a lot of sales teams right now. What's the biggest sales leadership challenge you see right now? And, and how, how would you suggest overcoming it? Um, you know, in normal times, I would maybe provide a more... Uh, High level answer. Now, when, when we're entering uh, some sort of a you know, crisis in the tech market, um, I would say that you have to stay focused on your customers. And that's pretty much it. Like lose all focus. It's not on that. Um, and don't worry. You know, even if you're, you know, if you're, if your client like cut budgets a little bit, but they renewed the contract for next year, you're still really good mm. in terms of KPIs. Because the funds are going to look at tech companies and they're going to see how they uh, reacted and how they acted during, um, you know, the bad times as well, not just the good times. Um, and if you show them you're efficient by focusing on your customer, that's like the best thing you can do. Thank you. I love that. So second, you're hiring, you're building teams. When you're building a team, is there like something that you, when you're interviewing and you're, you're looking for adding people is there like a, a go-to question or topic? Is there something that you look at that really helps you know this person's a good fit? I try to ask them about um, not about incidents in the past. They have not met their KPIs and goals, and why? Um, and and it's, it gets interesting, you know. If mm. every, if someone says they're all perfect, obviously that's being dishonest. <laughs> someone says you know this happened but it's to you know the person to blame is not me but my boss or whatever you know that they have a little bit of a problem with you know taking responsibility if they just give you a case where they messed up that's the best answer you can get love it last one leaders very often are readers but 
whether they like to read or listen to podcasts or read blogs or books or whatever, the great ones never stop learning. Is there something that you would suggest, hey, if you want to continue to expand your leadership journey, listen to this or read this? Is there anything like like that that you would recommend for our listeners? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, first of all, podcasts such as this one are an amazing resource. Thank you. Uh, and the other thing I really liked, um, if, if they're on the, more on the entrepreneurial side, I would suggest a new book by the founder of Okta that just released a few months ago called Zero to IPO. Haven't um, read it. I can't wait to get my hands on it. Thank you. It's a good one. <clears throat> All right, my man. This has been a really good conversation, and I appreciate your insights around <clears throat> such an important conversation of storytelling. Um, how do people get more of you? How do they learn more about Walnut? How do they connect with you and pick up what you're putting down and see what you're sharing? And, uh, and, and, I, and I think that we're in a world where marketing is sales and sales is marketing and learning to think like a marketer. And like I tell people all the time, you got to learn to be a copywriter, for example. Um, one, one of my most recent hires, the first thing I did was I signed them up for a copywriting class so they could learn how to like think and write like that. How do they do that? How do they get more of you? How do they connect with you, et cetera? How, how do they get more of Yoav and Walnut? Yeah, so we're always at walnut.io and the different you know LinkedIn profiles and Twitter profiles. I'm personally very active on LinkedIn, Twitter, and 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 you know through the website. Happy to hear if anyone has some feedback or questions or need anything. I'm there. Okay. His name is his Yoav. What you've done is amazing. I, I want to first thank you for joining us. This has been a killer conversation. I want to congratulate you on your, your success. But his name's Yoav Vilner. He's helping sales organizations all around the world make sure that prospects never waste an hour of their time again. Never get bored by a salesperson ever again. And if you want to make sure you build that same kind of, of construct inside your organization, my advice, hit up Yoav, learn more about how they're doing what they do, and you as well will be able to help your team create those appointments and, and those experiences that everybody you work with looks forward to rather than scratches their head and wonders, should we keep this appointment on the, on the schedule? Yo, I want to thank you for joining me, man. You're awesome. Fantastic. Congrats on your success. And as I say to everybody, happy selling. Happy selling guys. Hey everyone. Welcome to another. So what portion of the sales leadership podcast where we break down that interview and we ask ourselves, why did that conversation even matter? But first this podcast is brought to you by sales leadership United, part of the Jepson performance group. And if you haven't checked out sales leadership United, do yourself a favor, head over there and check it out today. Because if you're like most leaders, you've got great sales process, proven sales tools, great sales training in place, but you've been left on your own to figure out your own sales leadership process, sales leadership tools, and, and, and take care of your own sales leadership training. And while I found there's no shortcuts to success, you can get there faster if you take the most direct route. And that's why I created Sales Leadership United. It is the largest collection of sales leadership assets in the world. I don't care how long you've been leading teams. You're going to find things here you like. Whether it's a private podcast where I share the things that I'm working on with my other clients, whether it's the video snippets from some of the, mem the guests on this podcast where you can get them in three to five minute segments on the topics you care about most, whether it's my sales leadership curriculum and, 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 and courses that you can take to up your sales leadership game. Whether it's the sales meetings in a box that I have, so instead of spending an hour or two or three getting ready for a sales meeting, you can take something and modify it quickly to use in just a few minutes. Listen, there are so many things. You can find it on Patreon. We're about to have a big, big release of a new website with a lot of powerful features. I want you to think of it as a Home Depot for sales leaders. You'll find all kinds of things in there. My very best content hundreds of hours of sales leadership materials, and then three to four new pieces coming out every single week, all for about the cost of lunch. So don't go trying to reinvent sales leadership. Tap into the proven training and techniques used by some of the most successful sales leaders in the world and head over to Sales Leadership United. Now, before I get into this, I also want to really thank you, our listeners. We are now over 40,000 listeners strong, 40,000 downloads every month. It's crazy, okay? And it just keeps growing faster. It's mind-boggling to me now that we're listened by so many leaders in so many countries all around the world. 
Uh, and some of you tell me you've listened to every single one of our episodes. So thank you because there is no show without you. I do this only because I love the sales leadership community and I'm so grateful that so many of you have found the show helpful. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Your support of this show has been humbling. It has been inspiring. And my commitment to you is I will keep bringing the best guests in the world every week. Now, let's talk about this episode. Once upon a time. Famous words, right? So many great stories start with once upon a time. And and how do so many of these same stories finish? With the words they lived happily ever after. Listen, great stories follow some important patterns. And a great story is compelling. It's captivating. It's something you can't stop thinking about. And that's why I loved it when Yoav talked about the fact that most outreach is boring, easy to overlook, bothersome even. And guess what? Yoav's right. A prospect shouldn't have to get lucky, as he said, in having somebody bring something compelling to them. I think too often we fall into the more trap. More. More emails. More dials. More videos. I think that the only more that I really care about right now is more compelling. And Yoav gave us some good insights on how we can be more compelling. One of the important elements of being compelling, it's, it's how you help people look into the future. To see things that matter to them. To visualize what, what things will look like, feel like, be like. I love one of the more famous quotes from Mark Benioff. Maybe you've heard it. Founder, CEO of Salesforce. He said something I've never forgotten. He said, you need to get to the future ahead of your customers and be ready to greet them when they arrive. I don't know when he said it originally. You can find it all over the place. I've heard him say it in Dreamforce. Um, It's a great quote. Uh, We have to get there before they do, ahead of them, and then greet them when they arrive. This gives you a chance to be that tour guide that I've talked about bunches of times instead of just a travel agent telling people to go places that you yourself are not familiar with. Um, To do this, you've got to be able to reach out to people to feel like the story that they're going to be part of with you is a story that they want, that you can help them get that happily ever after in ways that matter to them and in ways that only you and your company can create. So I guess what I'm suggesting is we've got to think like an author. What are the moments that matter? What are the moments we need to create? What villains do we need to help them overcome? Because if we can anchor to problems or scenarios that matter to them, then we have a chance to write a happily ever after that they care about. I see lots of times that that, uh, salespeople care about a problem more than a customer does. And when that happens, then you really got a problem if we care about it more than they do. Um, I spend tons of time helping sales leaders create opportunity coaching systems. And in almost every case I start with, the mutually agreed problem has been shared uh, the fact, you know, is the, is there a mutually agreed problem? That's not even something they talk about. In fact, most of the time it's even missing. Um, if you don't have a problem that they care about, that they're willing to talk to you about with their own mouth, it is impossible to create a happily ever after they care about impossible. So storytelling matters. And we as sales leaders need to help make sure we're writing stories that can be number one bestsellers. Okay. Um, That's so important because there are very specific reasons why the top salespeople are also the top storytellers. Let me give you three. Here's number one. Stories help build strong relationships. Storytelling almost magically builds trust. And trust is the foundation of good relationships. Here's a study you may find interesting. A study was conducted by the New York Times and they asked, of people in general, how many do you think are trustworthy? Answer was, only 30%. Then they asked, of the people you know. How many do you think are trustworthy? So now, before it was just people in general, only thirty, a third are trustworthy. Now, when you know them, how many are trustworthy? Now the answer jumps all the way up to 70%. You may ask yourself, why? Here's the answer. It's because people who don't know you default to not trusting you. But people who do know you, trust they default to trusting you unless you've given them a reason not to. And telling a story can move you from the 30% to the 70% because it gives these personal glimpses into your world. A story is the shortest distance between being a stranger and being a friend. Number two, storytelling speaks to the part of the brain where decisions are actually made. Much of the neuroscience in recent years tells us 
Human beings make subconscious, emotional, and sometimes irrational decisions in one place in the brain and then justify those decisions rationally and logically in other places. So if you're trying to influence a buyer's decision, facts and rational thinking isn't enough. You need to influence them emotionally and the stories that you use are the best vehicle to do that. As an NYU social psychologist, Jonathan Haidt said, the human mind is a story processor, not a logic processor. I'm going to say that again. The human mind is a story processor, not a logic processor. And that takes me to number three. Stories make it easier for the buyer to remember you, your ideas, and your solutions. Many studies show that facts are easier to remember if they are embedded in a story than if they are delivered in any other form. There are so many examples and experiences to show this. I won't try to share them all here. I do have a few that I'll share in Sales Leadership United that you can actually use in a team meeting. So go check those out. Here's what it boils down to, though. Stories create scenes. Facts don't. Scenes are really easy to remember. Facts, they can be super challenging to remember. It requires to try to memorize. Stories create a meaningful scene in your mind that facts and figures just can't. So take some time this week looking at the set of stories you tell. What are the stories that fuel your process? How do you look into the future? How do you get attention immediately? And can you help them vision a future they can't imagine not living all because of your help? Listen, storytelling is a skill. It's a discipline. It's something you can be intentional about, and it's something you can improve in intentionally. So Yoav, thanks for joining me this week to discuss this very important topic. I am so grateful you would share your insights with our listeners. You shared some fantastic insights, and I hope your listeners prioritize how they will tell stories with every member of their team and with every prospect they engage. Listen, if you haven't connected with Yoav and Walnut, be sure to do so. They're doing amazing things. They will help you take your storytelling game up in ways your customers will really appreciate. And there is a reason that they are having so much growth so fast. Finally, I want to thank each of you, our listeners. If you liked this episode, if you continue to like the show, please go give us a five-star review on iTunes. It goes a long way in helping me get the best guests in the world on our show. But the best compliment you can give us is to share this episode with your friends and colleagues. Share the Sales Leadership Podcast with someone who needs to hear it. And then be elite. Live strong. Chase those passions. And don't ever worry. Just execute. Because we got you. Thank you so much for joining the Sales Leadership Podcast, the award-winning sales leadership podcast for those sales leaders looking to create legendary impact to those they lead. The greatest compliment you can give is to share this show and any of your favorite episodes with your fellow sales leaders, social media followers, or other communities you're part of. The Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by the Jepson Performance Group. If you want to discuss any of the topics discussed on the show, want to level up your leadership impact, discuss executive coaching services, or even include me at an upcoming event, hit me up at rob at jetpg.com. That's rob at jeppg.com. And to those of you working to become a legendary sales leader, I salute you and wish you much success on your journey. Whenever you need someone in your corner, you know where to find me.